Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you are tuning in for our series, Wind and Fire, where we are seeking a deeper encounter with the Holy Spirit. Get ready to ignite your spiritual life with holy fire. It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Happy spring, everybody. It's almost here. Can you feel it? Praise God for warm weather. Hey, I'm Pastor Tim. Let's give a big welcome to all our campuses. Mountainside, Garwood, Somerset, Middlesex, Princeton, coming soon, Passaic County. Hey, hope you've been enjoying our series, Wind and Fire, which is all about experiencing more of the Holy Spirit. What we've learned is that God the Father loves you so much as his son or daughter. He is your Abba, that he sent his own son, Jesus, to be sacrificed in your place. And when you trust in Jesus, he sends his Holy Spirit to fill you up, and you get a fresh filling. You get to experience God's supernatural power in your daily life. Amen? Now, if you're really hungry to experience more of God, let me tell you about two special events coming up that you can experience. The first is our spring baptism on Sunday, April 10th. It's the week before Easter, guys. It's Palm Sunday. So it's a perfect time. It's a holy season. It's a sacred time in the Christian calendar. And there's really no better way to experience the resurrection power of Jesus than by taking the plunge and being baptized. Look at look on her face. Being baptized is your next step if you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but maybe you never publicly took the plunge. The reality is when you go under the water, you're identifying with the death and burial of Jesus. It's like you're dying to your old life of sin. And when you come up, it's like you're being raised. You're being washed clean and raised to newness of life. And I'm just telling you, Baptism Sunday is one of the very best services of the year. At every campus, we roll in the holy hot tubs. <laughs> and you can invite your family and friends to come and celebrate your baptism and commitment to Christ. By the way, I get this question a lot. Well, what if I was baptized as an infant? Let me tell you, even if you've been sprinkled as an infant, it's very important to be baptized as an adult. Listen, being baptized as a baby was a wonderful sign of your parents' love for you, their desire, their hope that you would follow God. But you probably didn't rem don't remember that maybe. It's kind of involuntary. Adult baptism is just a way of intentionally declaring, you know what, I'm a follower of Jesus, and it's really making faith your own. So I want to challenge those of you who haven't been baptized as an adult yet. Hey, what are you waiting for? Get dunked on April 10th. That's the promise God gives us. His word says, repent and be baptized every single one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And what will you receive? You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So sign up at liquidchurch.com baptism and you'll experience more of the Holy Spirit this spring. I can't wait to see you in the hot tub on Palm Sunday. Uh, secondly, um, this Friday night, we have our Holy Spirit Worship Night at 7 o'clock at a broadcast campus in Persephone. Make some noise if you're ready for extended worship. I am excited for this, let me tell you. If you love music, if you love soaking in the Spirit, getting your praise on, this Friday, our worship team has planned an incredible night of worship. It's a 90-minute praise and prayer sesh to help you connect with the Holy Spirit and community. It's actually great. Small groups come together. Friends and family come together. Every campus is invited, and it's totally free. You don't have to register. Just show up. Doors open at 7 o'clock at our broadcast campus in Parsippany, and then the live worship starts at 7.30 sharp. Remember, guests are always welcome, so invite a friend this week, and we'll see you on Friday night. All right, today I'm really excited because we're going to have an experiential healing service today. Um, I want to talk to you about healing 
and the Holy Spirit. And how one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit is when God reaches out to touch somebody with a broken body or a hurting heart and restore wholeness and healing to their life. So if you're here today and you're struggling with sickness, maybe you have an illness or you have an injury, you got a broken bone, maybe you have a common cold, maybe you've been diagnosed with cancer or infertility, you name it, we're going to invite God's Spirit to heal you in Jesus' name because there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen? Let's do this. Let's open God's Word to Acts chapter 3. I want to show you the first miraculous healing recorded in the book of Acts. You guys know this. Acts is short for actions, and these are the actions that the Holy Spirit did through the disciples after Jesus returned to heaven. Let's read this together. Acts 3, starting at verse 1. The Bible says, One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Notice it says Peter and John. This is like, these guys are important. This is like Batman and Robin in the Bible, okay? Peter and John are the first two disciples to see Jesus' empty tomb after he's raised from the dead. So Peter and John now are going to church at three in the afternoon. And the question is, well, why at three in the afternoon? And the biblical answer is because everybody was out late at Saturday night, so they slept and went to the late service, okay? That they had those first century problems too. It's okay. No, no, no. First century Jews really had three times of prayer every day. They went once in the morning, typically around 6 or 7 a.m., once in the afternoon around 3 o'clock, and then in the evening after sunset, they'd go to temple to pray. So it says, one day, Petey and John are going to the temple at the time of prayer, 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was what? Who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple. So there's a guy being brought to church by some friends, right? He's, it says he's lame from birth. In other words, he's born with a disability. He couldn't walk. Now, we don't know if it was congenital or if it was an injury he had as a newborn, but it was a lifelong condition. He was disabled. And so his friends brought him to church. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called, what's the word there? Beautiful. Can everybody say that word? Beautiful. In fact, every time, let's make that our magic word today. Whenever I say beautiful, you go beautiful, okay? Remember that word beautiful? Here we go. Try it. Beautiful. There you go. Where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. But Peter looked straight at him as did John. And Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention. Watch this expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, and he began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. I want you to imagine for a minute, you're driving into New York City, you've all done this, and you get through the Lincoln Tunnel, and you see a guy at the corner, he's sitting in a wheelchair, and he's holding up a piece of cardboard, and it says, crippled from birth, right? And you're kind of, you know, sitting there at the red light, and he kind of rolls up to your window, you're trying not to look, trying not to look, right? And he holds out his hands, like, hey, can you give me 10 bucks, you know? And now I know typically, when I was growing up, what we would do would be like, lock the doors, you know? But instead of locking the doors or rolling up the window, the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you roll down the window and say, actually, I don't have any money to give you. 
but I got something better. You put the car in park and get out and you look in the eyes and you put out your hand and you say, how about you walk home? And he's looking at you like you're crazy, like what? You go, go ahead and walk. And he takes your hand and instantly his feet and his ankles become strong and he stands up and begins to walk. That's what's happening here at Acts 3. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, began to walk, and went right into church with them, walking and jumping and praising God. Look at this. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him. They're like, this is the same guy who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Let me tell you, if you've ever seen a miracle, a supernatural healing, it's beautiful, isn't it? Beautiful. At any moment, to anybody, God's Spirit can reach out and do a beautiful thing that causes people to worship Jesus. Acts said they were actually filled with, what's it say, wonder and amazement. That's the language of worship. You see, they, they worship Jesus because of how this Holy Spirit healed this crippled man. Now, this is the first miraculous healing in the early church, but it was just the beginning. There are a dozen more miracles throughout the book of Acts, but I'm just kind of curious right now, just to hit the pause, show of hands, how many of you believe God still heals today? Raise your hand, okay? Bunch of hands, not everybody though. I need to show you my cards at Liquid. We believe God is still in the healing business, Amen. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And we've seen his Holy Spirit do some beautiful things. Yeah, in this church <laughs> over the last 15 years. Even during the pandemic, it was kind of interesting. I asked our prayer team to, uh, I said, send me some of the, the, the healings and the miracles you've seen over the last 12 months. And I didn't expect very, very much because of the pandemic or anything. Man, they sent me pages of them. One of them is from a woman named Jenny who came up to the prayer tent we set out by the cafe and she had a cancerous tumor that had to be surgically removed. So Grace, Pam, and Kyra, they were praying for a healing, and she was so scared. But after the surgery, the doctor declared her, let me just get the, make this all get this right, the doctor declared Jenny fully healed and said no follow-up treatment was needed. Pretty cool, right? God still heals today. Another one is Tom and Nancy, who serves on our dream team. At this time last year, their daughter Laura was in fertility treatments, just trying to get pregnant. And Tom and Nancy came up for prayer in this church, and Tom was crying because his daughter, Laura, was diagnosed with leukemia when she went for some blood work. And it was interesting because one of our prayer leaders actually said, I, I think there's been some mistake. And she's like, why did I say that? You know, it was the Holy Spirit. But anyway, they prayed and canceled the leukemia in Jesus' name, prayed for a healthy baby for Laura and her husband. Well, a week later, we got an email from Tom who said, the doctor called her and said, we're so sorry, there's been a mistake. Your daughter doesn't have leukemia. In fact, Laura became pregnant and delivered a beautiful, healthy baby girl on New Year's Day this January. Give God a praise for that. Guys, the stories go on and on and on because Jesus still heals today and the Holy Spirit has given us power and authority to seek healing in his name. In the Gospel of Luke, listen to what it says. It says, when Jesus called the 12 together, these are the disciples, he gave them two things. What's it say? He gave them, say it together, power and authority. Everyone say authority. Authority. Say it like you mean it. Authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. 
So Jesus said, I've given you guys two tools for you to put in your belt. On the one hand, you've got power. The Greek word is dunamis, dynamite, explosive Holy Spirit power. And the other is authority. The word's exousia. Now understand, the disciples had no power on their own, right? These are the disciples. They barely understand what Jesus is doing. But it's the Holy Spirit, he says, going to flow through you. He goes, and I'm going to give you authority. Now that word authority means that you're acting on behalf of somebody more powerful than you. It's kind of like when a cop stands in the street and he goes like this, to traffic stop, right? And all the traffic stops. Now, on his own, in his flesh, does he have power to stop a truck? No, mash him right over. But because he wears a badge and carries a gun, he can stop that traffic because he wields the authority of a power greater than him behind him. That's how we pray for healing at Liquid, with the power and authority of the kingdom of God, because that's what Jesus taught his disciples to do. And sure enough, the disciples kicked out demons, they healed the sick, they raised the dead, the blind saw, the lame walked. Luke says, so they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. In other words, they preached the word and they did the works of God. They preached, then they healed. They told people about the kingdom of God. And they said, now, do you want to see his power over sin and sickness and disease and death? And it was beautiful, beautiful. The disciples passed this on to the early church and on to you and to me because we represent Jesus today. And that's exactly what's happened here at Liquid over the years. Scores and scores of people have been healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Some are minor, others major. And today at every campus, I'm actually going to invite you forward at the end of this message for healing prayer in just a few minutes. We're believing Jesus wants to touch and heal some of you today. So if you came with a friend, just like that lame man was carried to church by his friends, man, you came on the right Sunday. <laughs> in fact, I'll never forget one of the first times in this church history we ever invited people to come forward for healing prayer. David, you may remember it too. It was eight years ago, back in 2014, okay? I just kind of felt the Lord convicting me that we needed to actually do the stuff. You know, not just like study the stuff and take notes. What well, is what Jesus did? But like, we should actually do what Jesus did and ask the Holy Spirit to touch people supernaturally. But can I be honest, guys? I had such small faith because I grew up in a very conservative church and I'd never seen stuff like that or, or stuff I saw was emotionally excessive and, and just too out of control. And, and so I, I began by praying, God, this is out of my experience. This is out of my comfort zone as a pastor. But Holy Spirit, I don't want to be the lid for this church. I want everything you have for us as your people. And so I prayed a dangerous prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. <laughs> An honest moment, I had no idea what I was in for. Uh, that Sunday morning, it was amazing. Um, God performed a beautiful work of healing in our congregation. Against my better judgment, <laughs> in the middle of the sermon, I, I prayed about this literally, like, am I going to do this? And I didn't know before I came out here. I just said, uh, I just want to demonstrate this to you. Uh, can I just have a volunteer from the audience, someone who maybe isn't feeling well, come up on stage just to, for a live demonstration of how healing prayer works. And as soon as I said it, a woman on my right shot her hand up. And I see her out of the corner of my eye, and, and, I, and I looked over there. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, come on up here. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe she has a headache or a sore throat, and I'll, I'll pray for it, and then she can, you know, go home and take some aspirin and feel better. But instead, her friend stands up next to her and wheels her out into the aisle in a wheelchair. 
And I remember looking at her and just going, oh, no. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. I literally, my spirit just like deflate. I was like, this is terrible. I'm like, Lord, you, I, I'm stepping out in faith and you just threw me in the deep end. The woman's name was Rosalie and her friend wheeled her up to the stage. And as she's coming up, I'm literally like, this is an absolute disaster. This is the end of me being a pastor. We'll close the doors of the church next week. Like the lame man in Acts, she couldn't walk. So I actually had to walk down to her. I went down those, the three steps. And can I just tell you, it was the longest walk of my life. If like a giant hole opened up in the floor, I would have jumped in and disappeared, okay? So that, I, and I proceeded to kneel down next to Rosalie, and she's in her wheelchair, and I asked the dumbest question of my pastoral career. I literally said to her, I said, um, so what brings you up here? <laughs> like, what an idiot! Disciples! <laughs> and I'll never forget, because Rosalie said, she goes, I want to walk. I said, well, what's, what happened? And Rosalie was down the Jersey Shore with her husband and kids on vacation. They're playing in the ocean. And she got knocked over by a wave. Actually landed on her neck, fractured her C2, C3 vertebrae. No feeling in her legs. Left her completely numb. And she was doing rehab at Kessler. And her friend said, hey, my church is having a healing service on Sunday. Do you want to go? And she was like, yeah, I want Jesus to heal my legs. She was a believer. And so they came. And, and when I asked for a volunteer, Rosalie was just like, this is my moment. And so I said, well, what, what do you want me to ask the Holy Spirit to do for you? I'm like, this is, oh my gosh. And she's like, I want Jesus to heal my legs so I can walk and run and play with my kids again. I want my family to see Jesus is real. An honest moment, guys, I looked at her wheelchair and I just started to sink. Like I just started to spiral. I was like, God, you, you couldn't have given me somebody with strep throat or like a migraine? <laughs> it was terrifying. It wasn't just like fear of, of failure or what if happened if God doesn't do anything or embarrassment. I felt such concern for her. This woman wanted to walk so badly. And I'm like, I got, I got nothing. You see this? I got nothing. I got nothing to offer you. Even my little sorry little mustard seed of faith. And here she is with the faith to come up in front of the whole congregation asking Jesus to heal her legs. And, and so we prayed. We put our hand on her legs and we just prayed, you know, Holy Spirit, come. This is your daughter who you love, Jesus. Would you, would you just touch her body? Fill her with your strength, with your energy. And it's interesting because she started moving her legs a little bit. And, and I said, is everything okay? She said, oh, I just feel tingling in my legs. Understand something. When the Holy Spirit is present to heal, sometimes people will feel things. They will feel heat or they feel tingling or, or, or a sense of energy. Don't freak out about that. It doesn't always happen, but it can be a manifestation of God's Spirit touching you. And so I, I pray, I'm praying, and, and a couple other prayer leaders came, and, and we're praying for her, and I feel her fidgeting, and I, I said, Rosalie, what, what are you doing? What do you want to do? And she looked me straight in the eye. She said, Pastor Tim, I want to get out of this chair right now and walk. And she had a seatbelt on because, like, literally to keep her strapped in, and this is surreal because I can still see it in my mind's eye. It's like high def. But she unbuckled her belt, and I was like, what, what are you doing? And one of our pastors got on this side, and I got on each side to help her just kind of stand. And she stood up, and she takes one step, and then another, and then another. And then she goes like this, tries to push us away. And we're like, no, 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 she's just pushing us away. And she literally started walking across the auditorium. 
Now you may be like, when was this? You're like, you don't believe me. I'll show you the picture. <laughs> Take a look. Eight years ago. That is Rosalie. I didn't even notice it at the time, but do you see what her t-shirt says? We walk by faith, not by sight. And as Rosalie is walking across the room, I will never forget people in the crowd are like gasping and pointing. And I look at like our other pastors for help and they're just crying. They're just like kind of bawling. And it was surreal. I'm just telling you the truth before Jesus Christ. Those of you who are here in our church, you witnessed it. Rosalie rolled into this church and in Jesus' name walked out of it. Give God a praise because that's what God can do when the spirit is in the room. Guys, that was the first time I had ever witnessed firsthand the Holy Spirit just come on someone and do a marvelous work. It was a beautiful thing. It was beautiful right here in this church in our midst. It was this, this Acts 3 moment, and, and, and I just never forget that. People just praised God. We we're like worshiping Jesus, and it was definitely, let me tell you, it was not my faith that healed her, okay? Jesus gets all the glory, amen? That's the purpose of all healing. All healing always points to Jesus, to show that he's alive, at work, he's still healing today through his Holy Spirit. Never make the mistake of thinking like some people's prayers are more effective than the others. You know, it's interesting here in Acts 3, when the lame man is healed, people start looking at Peter and John like, you pray for me? You guys got special powers. You know what they said? Look at this verse 12. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does it surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness, we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified who? His servant, Jesus. In other words, it's all about Jesus. It's 100% dependency on him. So understand today, if anybody is healed, it's because of Jesus. If anyone is touched, it's because of Jesus. If anyone gets glory, it goes to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen? Give God a praise. That's why we're here. Look at verse 16. He says, by faith, believing in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It's in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. Friends, there's a reason we, 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 we say, man, the name of Jesus, what a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus is strong. It is powerful. And that's where our faith is located. Never forget the number one goal of healing prayer and miracles, signs one, is always to point people to Christ and give us faith in the power of his name. You know, it's interesting, later on in Acts, when Peter's question, how the lame man was healed, you know what he answered? He said, um, it's actually said this, he started preaching. He said, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit gives you bold witness, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness, shown to a man who is lame, and you're being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Church, let's read this next verse out loud together, big loud voice. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. It's all about Jesus. It really is. And if you haven't made him your Lord and Savior, you need to invite Jesus to come into your heart, to actually forgive your sins, cleanse your spirit, fill you with his own Holy Spirit. Guys, salvation is the most important healing you can ever experience. 
That's what salvation is. It's the forgiveness of sin saying, I'm not Lord of my life. Jesus, you be Lord of my life. You need to ask Jesus to heal your heart before he heals your body. And you can do that right now. In fact, I just want to pray because some of you are just like, I need to receive Christ. I want you to pray right now. You can just say, Jesus, come into my heart. I turn from my sin. I make you my Lord. Forgive me. You just pray that. Forgive me, Father. I believe Jesus died, that you were raised from the dead. Now fill me with your spirit so I can live for you. That's how you become a Christian. That's how you experience salvation. In a few minutes, I'm going to invite every campus to come forward to this stage for healing prayer in the name of Jesus. We have prayer teams at every campus who are prayed up. They're full of faith. They are ready to lay hands on you, to anoint you with oil, and ask the Holy Spirit to touch whatever ails you. Now, you may be wondering, what are the kinds of things people pray for, Tim? And the answer is, man, we pray for anything. <laughs> we pray for everything, from the common cold to the big C cancer. You know why? Because we have a bigger C in Christ. Amen? You may have glaucoma or asthma, or maybe you're here and you're like, man, my child has a fever. We'll rebuke it. Or it's your sciatica, or you have chronic pain in your back. Let us lay hands on you and pray for you. If you struggle with infertility, let me tell you something right now where you're sitting in these campuses. This church is full of couples who were told they'd never have children or who went through the pain of multiple miscarriages, and it was devastating. But in faith, they came up for prayer. And let me tell you, God has done beautiful things. Jesus can speak life into barren places. The Holy Spirit can open up closed wombs. And later that year, they conceived and started a family. We ask God to heal broken bones as well as broken hearts. It's not just physical things. You know, a couple Sundays ago, I had the privilege of standing up here just to pray for folks. And a young man in his 20s came forward. And I'd say, hey, you know, first time to our church. He says, no, I've been coming for a little bit. He goes, I actually just returned from overseas. I said, oh, where were you? He said, I was in Afghanistan. He's a soldier. He served the military. I said, thank you for your service. And um, he said, well, it's mixed. I said, well, how can I pray for you? He said, well, I, I just have these dreams. I have these terrors. And he shared that how in his tour of duty, he was part of a patrol that killed a woman and a child. And he couldn't even look me in the eyes. And he just kind of welled up. I mean, can you imagine the pain of that? The guilt, the trauma, the PTSD. And so I felt like the Spirit saying, you, you need to pray for this young man and pray for the healing of memories that the blood of Jesus would actually just wipe his conscience clean, heal his mind, wash away the memories, the terrors, and take captive every thought in Christ. So understand, if you have mental, emotional issues, God can heal you. You've got to invite him into that process. I prayed for a couple who returned to church. They haven't been here since the pandemic. Maybe that's you. And they were just like, I said, you know, it's so good to see you. And he said, man, I, I, we, we got beat up pretty good, Tim, last two years. Our marriage feels a bit broken. And as they shared, I said, well, listen, I'll pray for you, but I want you to pray for each other. I had them put their hand on each other. We prayed for a soft spirit and for reconciliation. See, Jesus doesn't just heal broken bodies. The spirit can heal broken relationships, broken families. I prayed for a lovely woman named Georgina. Her husband is stuck in Egypt. They're an Egyptian family. And she said he's having trouble getting his visa approved. And so she came forward with two teenage kids because the kids were just like, we want our daddy back. And so we prayed and we asked God to do a miracle and just break through that bureaucratic red tape and restore that family. So understand, whatever you're dealing with today, Jesus was called the great physician. And I just came to tell you, the doctor is in. So you come on up 
and let's just meet him together, amen? Let's just grab hands. We're going to come together. We're going to pray for you. I want you to listen to this invitation from James. This is the half-brother of Jesus. And he gave this instruction in his letter. He said, is anyone among you in trouble? Anybody here in trouble today? Okay, what do you do? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? (laughs) Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Let me tell you what to expect in a couple minutes. When you come forward, our leaders are going to anoint you with oil, and we're going to do that in the sign of the cross, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right on your forehead. In the Bible, oil is a symbol of the healing presence of the Holy Spirit. Oil was actually like an an ointment. That's where you get the word anointment from. You anointed somebody. You're you're giving them ointment that's going to bring healing. And we're going to put a hand on you, and we're going to pray, come Holy Spirit, and invite God just to touch you in the name of Jesus, because that's where the power is. And listen to me. If something happens, wonderful. Can, Can we all just trust that God is planning to do some beautiful surprises today? Beautiful, <laughs> like he did for the layman. And, and if nothing happens, by the way, P.S., don't get discouraged. Come back next week. We'll just pray some more. Some people come forward for prayer four, five, six, a dozen times before they actually see any results. James writes this. He says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they will be forgiven. Why? Because there's a connection between the physical body and the spiritual soul. The physical and the spiritual together. That's why we always pray for salvation first. We're going to ask you, do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? We want, you want the biggest healing you have, salvation. But notice it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be, everyone, healed. Because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and what? Effective. It's powerful and effective. You have authority. Now, this raises a few questions, right? And I get asked this a lot. People say, wait, Tim, are you saying that everyone who gets prayed for gets healed? Does everybody get healed? Let me be clear. No. Not everybody who gets prayed for gets healed. First off, Jesus didn't heal every single person. (laughs) Neither did the disciples. And understand something. God is sovereign. He is in control. He has a plan that's larger than ours. And I can't fully explain to you why he heals some and not others. But I know this. It's not personal. It's not because God doesn't love you or Kyra doesn't have enough faith. It's just not what the Father is doing at the moment. Do you know what Jesus said about his own ministry? He said, the Son, me, Jesus, I can only do what I see my Father doing. In other words, when we lay a hand on you, what we're doing is we're trusting that the Father is already at work and we're just putting our hand on top of his hand. We just want to join Jesus in the work that he's already doing. So understand, all healing power comes from him. And plus, any healing this side of heaven, understand something, it's temporary and it's incomplete. Even Rosalie wasn't fully healed. She continued rehab, to re- she continued to regain mobility. We continue to pray for her to this day. It's not all complete. I want you to think of Jesus' greatest miracles in the Bible, like raising Lazarus from the dead. Do you know what nobody talks about with Lazarus? He got old and died again. <laughs> Second funeral. So understand something. When a Christian prays for healing, God always answers yes. Some of you are like, wait, what? Did you hear that? Did him just say God's answer is always yes? Yes. But listen carefully. Sometimes the yes is yes now on earth. It's called a miracle. And sometimes it's yes later when we receive our ultimate healing in heaven. 
So if you're suffering, understand the greatest healing you'll receive is when you are finally in the presence of Jesus himself. Whole and healed. Body, mind, and soul. You know what the Bible says? Here's the picture. There'll be no more mourning or crying or sickness or pain. It says Jesus will actually cup your face in his hands and wipe the tears from your eyes because death and disease itself will be gone. So understand what a miracle is. A miracle is like a coming attraction of what God has prepared for you in heaven. Th think of it like a movie trailer. You know how they give like a little coming attraction before they play the full movie? It's like a little foretaste or preview of the kingdom breaking into earth. You know, people sometimes ask, hey, if I believe in healing, like I have a lot of faith, Tim, should I stop taking medication? Let me be clear. No. <laughs> healing doesn't replace medicine or therapy or professional medical care. At Liquid, you understand this church, we believe in both medicine and miracles. They go hand in hand. Both are a gift from God. Modern medicine is a boon. It's a blessing. Those of you in the medical profession, thank God for you. Doctors, nurses, EMTs, pharmacists, we praise God for you. You are God's healing hand. So if God touches you, heals you, guess what? Take your meds and go tell your doctor. If you have cancer, you go to the oncologist. But we also attack those tumors spiritually, amen? Because some sickness has spiritual roots. And you got to invite God into the fight. In the Old Testament, God is called Jehovah Rapha. The Lord who what? The Lord who heals. So never pit divine healing against modern medicine. You know why? <laughs> do, do you know who, who wrote the book of Acts, what we just read? You know who wrote Acts? A guy named Luke. You know what Luke did for a living? Luke was a doctor. <laughs> Dr. Luke practiced medicine, but guess what? He also witnessed miracles. The two go hand in hand for Christ's followers. So you take a risk today and come forward. It's like, what have you got to lose? Don't psych yourself out. I know some people worry, like, what if, what if I don't have enough faith? Maybe you grew up being told something like that. I understand in a crowd this size, some of you might get a little triggered about the idea of healing prayer because maybe you went to a church where there was manipulation, right? Or even worked spiritual abuse. For instance, in some churches, if a sick person prays and they're not healed, it's because she lacks faith or he didn't pray hard enough. So now watch what happens. You're not only sick and hurting, now you don't have faith on top of it. Does that make sense? You're just heaping more guilt and shame and harm on a person who's already hurting. Guys, that's spiritually abusive. You never blame the victim and make it worse. Jesus never did that. So I already told you, God sovereignly decides to heal some people now and some later. Some instantaneously, some gradually. It's up to him, not you. You're not that important. <laughs> the fact that you're coming forward in pr for prayer, it's faith enough. You know, sometimes the Bible says the sick person had faith to be healed. Sometimes it's the faith of the friend who brought them to Jesus. Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes it's the faith of the person who's actually praying. Let me just tell you, in the case of Rosalie's healing, it was not my faith. It was clearly hers. Think about the courage it took for her to come forward, to, to roll out of her aisle, come up in a wheelchair and say, I want to walk. Jesus, I want you to heal my legs. She had faith to take that first step. So I invite you to come up here in a moment. Come up in faith. Faith is trusting, believing. Jesus is alive. Faith is believing. The name of Jesus is strong. And that prayer is powerful and effective. I'll end with this testimony. Um, recently, a mom sent us an emergency prayer request. She actually emailed it from the emergency room. She was in the hospital with her little boy, Hunter, little guy, five years old. 
And unfortunately, Hunter pulled out a big freezer drawer in his house, and it fell on his foot and completely severed his toe, cut off the, his, little, his big toe. And his mom wrote us, and she said, I'm literally holding his toe now in a bag of ice. I want you to pray for the healing of his toe, that it can be reattached. And doctors were not optimistic, but Hunter's mom sent us this follow-up email. She wrote, hallelujah, praise to the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Where there was no toe two months ago, there is one today. This afternoon, the doctors huddled around Hunter and just stared at his foot in disbelief, holding it up to the other one and muttering, wow. Finally, after several minutes of silent staring, the head of the practice said, I'm not sure you need to come back, but make an appointment a few months out. And just like that, Hunter walked out of the appointment in shoes. We witnessed a miracle. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. Thanks to each of you for your prayers. Guys, that's beautiful. 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 Never forget how you spell faith. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. You want to see a miracle? You got to take a risk. What did Hunter's mom and Laura and Jenny and Rosalie and all these others have in common? They took a risk to ask for healing prayer. And someone took a risk to pray for them. So we're going to take a risk today. I want to ask you, what's the worst that could happen? You meet some great people and you go home feeling loved and cared for and blessed. Remember the lame man? He looked at Peter and John and said, expecting to receive something. And God does something beautiful. So come forward expecting to receive something beautiful. All our campuses, let's stand up for prayer. Come on, let's stand together, everybody. I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come forward at every campus. Come on up, guys. Give them a hand. We're thankful for these folks. Spirit-filled, anointed. They've been praying behind your back before they even got here. And let's make some space for ministry time. God, we thank you for the testimonies of Rosalie and for Hunter and for Laura and hundreds of others that you've touched, Jesus, with your healing power. Jesus, you've given a glimpse of your love in the past. Today, I pray a bold prayer on behalf of my brothers. More, Lord. We want more of your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, come. Pour out your power on your precious people in a fresh way. I pray, Lord, those words from Acts, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders and miracles through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Jesus, let us see that you are alive, the Holy Spirit is here, and we are yours. I ask in the mighty, powerful, healing name of Jesus Christ, everyone said, amen. All right, the prayer lanes are open at every campus, so come on down. If you're at church online, you can just type your prayer request in the chat, and we're going to pray for you. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.